Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Ashed. My name is Craig Schneider. That gentleman, 1,100 miles south southeast of me, is Kip Fisher. And we come to you today for the 73rd time on July 5th, 2014, bright and early in the morning, 10.30 Eastern-ish. <laughs> We're always an ish from our recording time, but uh, this morning is no different. And uh, We are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and Kip's coming to you with the first cigar of the day, and I am uh, in a fantastic mood after a lovely fourth, and I think we're in for a nice show today. Yeah, let's see what happens anyway, and then make that judgment call. <laughs> <laughs> well, a nice show for both of us, at least. Who knows if anyone's going to want to listen to it. Yeah, I'm digging this cigar already and just now lighting it. Oh, really? I've never had a Trinidad of any kind before. Well, Kip uh, has alluded to our Cigar of the Week. It is the Trinidad Ingenios. Ingenios? I'm not exactly sure the pronunciation, but uh, either way, it is the 2007 Edition Limitada from uh, Trinidad. Um, And it happened to be one of the cigars that I brought along to the show, but... uh, before we really get heavy into the cigar, how you doing, my man? I'm doing just well. How about yourself? I can't complain. I uh, I really did have a good day yesterday. Worked my little hiney off around the house for a little while and had a nice, uh, good barbecued chicken dinner, which I know that that sounds like it's a total uh, oxymoron, but, man, when you do barbecued chicken well, it is a fantastic meal. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Mm. This is uh, this was barbecue chicken with barbecue sauce, but brined ahead of time, marinated with a little paprika, a lot of paprika, <laughs> and uh, uh, oh, just slow cooked, forty five minutes or so on the grill, the cool side of the grill. Just let that let that barbecue sauce caramelize right on there and then just finish it off with a little bit of the crisp blackness, throw it right over the heat at the end. Oh, it's good. I think we're going to fire up some brats today. My mm. grill's been running 24 hours just about making something, even and not even smoking. No no smoker. Really? Just doing that much, huh? Just, yeah. It's easy. It's quick. Pick My grill. wife was just... Ellie was just asking me a couple days ago, my birthday's coming up, and, you know, uh, they're not obviously the same as they were when you were a kid, when it's a big hullabaloo on gifts and parties and things. So she's like, look, here's the deal. Do you just want a gas grill? But I I love my old Weber, whatever it is, 24-inch, 22-inch, round. I do everything on that. And uh, so I told her, nope. You have to get me a different gift. I don't care if you've thought and came up with that already. Something else. I like my charcoal. Yeah. I, you will not convince me otherwise. I have this monstrosity of a grill that, that altogether is over eight feet long, actually. Whoa. <laughs> it has like a little side burner, a uh, regular-sized gas grill, a chamber that is either a charcoal grill or the chamber to put the meat in if you're smoking and then attached to that is a firebox on the side. And I'm, I'm just a charcoal fan. I'll throw charcoal in that uh, the smoker side about half the time just because I like it. Yeah. I do mine with uh, you know your little 
Smokey Joe, um, whatever they're called, uh, chimneys. Mm-hmm. Started with some newspaper and get it going, and I just love the smell of charcoal. Yep, same here. After whatever has burned off of it. Well, yeah. You can see the little oh, smoky, the, the little chimney hanging up there. Exactly what I was talking and about. And let's see, there's the. the that baby. is a monstrosity. <laughs> you can oh, see stuff. God. It's daytime here. <laughs> you can also see my wet forehead because I'm sweating like a wild monkey. That's all right. You're going to start looking like the juices are coming out of you, and you're going to want to be on the barbecue yourself. <laughs> Go jump in the water is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Did you guys do anything special or different yesterday? Not a thing. I don't even really? remember. I don't even, didn't hardly even leave the house yesterday. Man, I think you lead the life I want to lead. <sighs> yeah, some days. I could be a hermit real easy. Yeah, I could too, which is kind of strange considering what I'm about to undertake. <laughs> that is also true. Well, I like the idea of being social, but I like being social on my terms and the idea of, you know, let's get all dolled up to go out and spend time with people who are supposed to be our friends who should like us even if we're not wearing our best. It's just a little... uh, It's a source of discussion at our house. How's that? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Uh, Well, what else we got lined up for the show today? This this whole today, tonight, good evening, good morning, but I'm, I'm screwed up. Oh, yeah, I have no idea how I'm going to end the show. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my my regular good night, everybody, thanks for listening. Good morning, everybody, thanks for listening. It just good doesn't sound, have the same ring. How about good week, since it's all times of day when people listen to this thing anyway? That is true. Good life. Well, yeah, this show, it's uh, you, you uh, point me in the right direction here. We should give a little bit of a... Shout out for what we're going to be doing here. It's uh, it's time to play catch up, I guess. This morning's show should accomplish this as well as a little bit more. Got some limited cigars, cool news, and good conversation. What a way to start the weekend! I'm looking forward to this about as much as anything else I'm doing these uh, along this long holiday weekend here. Should be very nice. Yeah. I can I concur. I'm sorry, I got a little distracted. <laughs> oh, you have a woodpecker fly into your uh, fence again, or? No, no, I was reading some notes. Actually, I, I got distracted from the show by the show. But I'm back. <laughs> I'm I'm tuned in. I'm attentive, as attentive as I get. Anyway. Well, <clears throat> the aforementioned limited cigars. I guess I wouldn't quite quantify these as being truly limited. You know, it's generally a good rule of thumb. If you see something and it says limited edition, it's probably not. It's, you know, yes, like, it's, it's limited to how many they think they can sell and or limited because they don't think they're going to move that many of them. <laughs> or limited because they want to make it something special. So, yeah. It, you know, if something's if something's uh, uh, advertised as well, this is going to be big. 
it's just kind of silly. Usually the things that are going to be big are those diamonds in the rough that in 30 years you look back on and go, holy crap, I wish I would have taken a hold of that. You know? Yeah. Not the thing that you get told about. That Oliva Master Blends 1 was a limited edition of 375,000 or something. <laughs> Crazy thing. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> there you go. I, uh... I actually wouldn't doubt if some of these ELs, the Cuban ELs, if those are similar production numbers. I uh, I didn't look today, but I know not too terribly long ago, there were still these available in boxes. Really? Yeah. Holy I mean, cow. It's 2007. It's that's that's strange, cons- yeah, considering what I normally understand is the turnover with Cuban cigars. Seems like a lot of them, you know, they they move quickly. You don't if you. <laughs> that's one of the things uh, you always hear is a warning sign. If it's got a an old box date on it, it it's not real. It's this, it's that. Well, there's definitely some of that. Um, you know, I, I'd say one of your uh, one of your biggest issues you can have with the ELs is that they just slap a band on there. You know, it might have been produced in 2009, but they say that it's the 2007 ed- edition Limitada. Gotcha. Uh, so <clears throat> these are actually from the first month of release, uh, September 2007, um, which was when they first were shipped. So uh, these are truly that limited edition first run back then. So, um, so a little bit about this cigar, as well as some of the, the history on uh, the brand and and this EL uh, kind of trend that is going on. Um, the commercially available Tr- Trinidad brand became available uh, in 1997 with the Fundadores Vitola, uh, which is essentially just a Lancero, and the Edition Limitada, or Edition Limitada, the trend kind of began in late 2000. So actually late 99, but it was the Edition Limitada for the year 2000. Um, and for the first time in 2007, uh, the two came together. So the Trinidad brand received its first Edition Limitada um, blend and uh, came together in a Lonsdale, 6.5 by 42 with a pigtail. Um, so not a traditional Limitada, or excuse me, not a traditional um uh, Lonsdale because of that pigtail, but um, very, very, very close. I'm I'm calling it as such. So Trinidad, which is a decidedly sweet tasting brand, um, I mean almost too sweet. Uh, and the the El wrapper leaf, which is primarily what makes a blend the qualify as the El. It gets um, the first true Maduro wrapper leaf to come out of Cuba. Um, and we talked about this a little bit uh, ago with the Cohiba um, Maduro Secretos that we smoked a few months back. Um, the EL was Cuba's first foray into Maduro wrappers, um, but they're obviously only on these limited or one-time uh, cigars. So the EL wrapper leaf, it's just aged a little longer. It's a higher priming from the Corona, obviously, as all wrapper leaf typically is. Um, and so it's processed and aged for two years, which is a little bit longer than your typical um, wrapper leaf in, in Cuba. So most of the time... Um, I'm sorry, how, how long did you say? 
two years it's fermented and processed for. Okay, I got you. Um, most of the time that that the cigars with the wrapper on it, so it constitutes as an EL, they have almost an agonizingly dark taste. Uh, that wrapper, that the priming that that wrapper's from, the specific tobacco that's used, has an incredibly specific, like you can say, oh, instantaneously, you know you're smoking an EL. Um, and that, that very, very dark, uh, unique, um, specific flavor uh, with the ELs combined with Trinidad's cloyingly syrupy sweet flavor was the reason why I included this cigar um, in uh, our little exchange here. So I, I'm going to boil it down to one sentence. I've included this cigar because of what it should have been compared to what it actually is. So <clears throat> what I'm describing to you, I'm, I'm interested to see if you... Uh, or what I'm describing here, I'm interested to see if you have anything that lines up with that or if you would say, boy, it's not even close to that or what your thoughts are. Yeah, I'm not really getting just a whole ton of sweetness at all. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of almost a raspy spiciness. It's not, not a spicy flavor. It's just just behind, just far back on my soft palate. It's, I can kind of feel... A tingle there, just a little bit of a burn. It's in a in an odd place that I don't normally get from a cigar. Um, Did you leave a toothpick in your mouth? No. Oh, I thought that'd be funny. Never mind. I'm, <laughs> wow, I'm, leave me out to dry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to focus on the cigar, man. <laughs> I can't multitask in the morning when it's 10,000 freaking degrees. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm not getting any kind of overwhelming sweetness at all. Uh, I can dig around, root around in the back end, so to speak, and find some sweetness. And uh, sorry, that's a pre-show thing. Um, it, it's almost kind of leathery to me, just as mildly sweet leather right now. But it's still pretty early on. I, <clears throat> I when I first smoked these, they were. They were much deeper, much darker. That EL flavor was was there, and they were sweet, and they were vanilla flavored, and and kind of caramely. Um, and then they had this like forest floor type flavor to them. Um, and uh, so I set some down and was really, really anxious to see how that forest floor evolved and. Um, was hoping that it would blossom into some more depth of earthiness and depth of, of kind of dark cocoa-y flavors, um, which was a common theme, that that idea of a really, really milk chocolatey, um, excuse me, milk chocolatey core of flavors uh, had been seen in a lot of the ELs. And so I was really excited and hoping that it worked for this, this 7, this 2007. But I don't think it ever got there. Um, now I, I did. Go ahead. I would never, ever in my life say there's anything dark and earthy about this cigar that I'm smoking right now. Well, I definitely I get earthy, but I don't get darkness. I get almost like like um, if you ever worked soil after it's been really, really dry, like tilled soil or taken a. Uh, um, <clears throat> 
<clears throat> a straw baler or straw fork um, to soil and kind of turned it. And there's mm-hmm. that flavor, that aroma of dirt that you get, but it's dusty. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it, it's similar to that. I have a very specific example that comes to mind when you talk about that. In, in South Florida, uh, it, the company I work for has uh, several thousand acres of sugar cane. And in South hmm. Florida, much of that land was underwater for ages and ages and ages. And the Army Corps of Engineers and the sugar cane growers came in and drained much of the land. You know, the South Florida was a river of grass until humankind did that. Hmm. And so for all, the, all that time, the plants on that water would die, fall to the bottom, and decompose and left... Uh, a, an extremely rich black soil they just call muck down there. And in some places, that's 18 feet deep or more of topsoil, which is just Whoa. outlandish. And that, but at the surface, it will dry out. And when, as soon as you, you know, poke through the surface, that it just releases that that smell of what you're describing, just in voluminously. I turn my garden over every spring, and. Uh I'll even do it late winter sometimes, and so it's still kind of coming out of that that really really near desert dryness that we'll get some winters, um, you know. And the soil's forty degrees; it's just been thawed for a couple weeks, and um, and it just releases that dusty. It's not dark; it's not deep. It's just that kind of dusty ground flavor to it. And this has a little bit of that, definitely. And I get a, a decided tanginess uh, right on the edge of my hard palate. It doesn't go back to my soft palate. Um, those two flavors or sensations are primarily what I get with this. Um, and it's uh, uh, it's not what I expected this cigar to become, but um, what it is is different and enjoyable all on its own. So. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it. Maybe it's the time of day. Maybe whatever. It's kismet. We're experiencing this cigar maybe a little differently, and it's it, it is pretty unlike um, many of the other Cuban cigars we've tried. We've had. I've tried. I'm not. I'm an absolute neophyte, and, and admittedly so. Well, it's unique, and that's the reason why it's included here. You know, I I think with this second year of cigars, I didn't just throw cigars out there that were, you know, oh, man, these are my favorites. We have to include these. Um, in fact, I know I didn't. I, I like all the cigars that I included, but it was much more about, hey, let's have some, some good stuff to talk about on the show. What do I have in the archives here that that that'll make for good conversation or that are unique? Mm-hmm. I'm digging up too much. I'm out. Uh oh. Mine is uh, it's actually burning really well, and the draw on this one is perfect. And you know, a lot of people, Bob McDuffie, <laughs> complain about Cuban cigars always being plugged. And of all the ones we've tried in the past year and a half, I've had one or two issues. They overall they've been pretty good, but this one is just just perfect. I mean, it's it's not. It's in the Goldilocks zone for me, as far as the draw goes. That's Which, a great way of putting it. 
goes a long way for me. If I if I have a plug cigar, it just it'll give me a headache if I stick with it. So most of the time, I just don't even. You know, I'll try taking a wrapper off or something, but I, I can't tolerate a tight draw. You know, I had um, I had a series of numbers that I used to work by, uh, like um, draw tester numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to factories before, and uh, I, at IPCPR, they usually will have a booth for a draw tester, and you know, you can put your cigar on there to see where it's pulling through, and and so. Um, over the years, I've I've had uh, different cigars that that I thought, okay, this is a really loose draw for me. What what's it going to pull? Or this is a really tight draw for me. What's it going to pull? And so I had given myself like a range for a draw tester. And then I got chastised last time I was at IPCPR by somebody who said, look, those things are never calibrated. What that is, that's that's their settings. You know, it's it's that one user settings for. Um, what they're pulling. They know that, okay, this is our range. We'll allow things up to a 55, but a 55 on one machine might be a 35 on another machine. So your my range was like 18 to 55. That so Those were the absolute only areas for smokability. It's not a, a vacuum measurement like millimeters of mercury or something like that? Well, it, it's not a... It's not a... Apparently, it's not a... Uh, um, a consistent measurement. You know, it's not like a true water column test, which I had thought it was. Hmm, like it, I didn't you, know that. This pressure, this amount of pressure to move water this far vertically in a column test, that would be the unit is pascals of pressure that you need in that unit or in that uh, process. I always thought it was that. And then I just got absolutely chastised. Like, you idiot. You can't say 18 to 56, 18 to 54, something like that, because it's different for everybody. It's however they want to calibrate it. Yeah. I had never I'm, known. Me neither. Uh, this brand new to me. I've The Fuentes have one of those machines at the factory, and it, it's sitting over in the corner where it's been the past four years with like a half inch of dust on it. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> look like it's been used in 25 years. It's just there. Uh, I will say... Um, oh, that's an interesting flavor. I'm getting into some brown sugar now. Um, always makes me think of Mick Jagger. Um, I, I will say, if you draw test a lit cigar, you have to cut off the lit portion. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the love of God, don't do it unless you want to throw the cigar out. It will ruin a good cigar without question, because you might cut it off, but there's still those little granules of of smoke in there that you haven't purged out and then that draw tester it pulls all that through the cigar and so you get like the 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 ashy acrid soot. flavor soot that it just stays with it it's terrible hmm. that's good to know <clears throat> in case you come across these useless machines that are typically only in central america <laughs> It could happen. I could come across these machines in the near future. Yeah, yeah, you could. All I mean, right. Speaking you of want a, speak- a total rat hole here? Sure. <clears throat> is the Dominican Republic North America? It is North America, right? Uh, it's Caribbean. That's all I call it. <clears throat> so the continent would be North America, though, right? I don't know. I'm I'm not going to make that assertion because I, 
I don't know. I don't, it's not. I guess not important to me. <laughs> it's between the two. You can call it what you like. Fair enough. Okay, done with Rattle. I've emerged. Hey, we're getting closer. By the way, we have uh, we're pushing sixty percent of the first year support pledged at this point. Hey, we are actively like my house is a complete disaster right now. Increasingly so. We haven't turned that corner yet to get on the the upside of this. We're eBay and crap. Craigslist about to fire up, and I imagine yard sales will be starting soon. Good grief. We got so much stuff, man. 20, <laughs> 20 years of marriage and two kids. I, it, It's disguised. It's just like we just keep pulling stuff out, and there's just more and more and more crap. But, but I got to say, it's it's liberating to start seeing stuff disappear around the house, though. It, it's, it, it is actually a good feeling. That is cool. That's I'm really cool. Feels like another little chain taken off every time we get rid of some useless something that's laying around here that we've kept just because maybe someday it would be useful. You guys still have all your baby stuff from when the kids were little? Uh, no, actually, all the clothes and stuff we pass along to other people and have or, or donated to Goodwill or whatever like that over the years. But still got a, a lot of st- a lot of their baby stuff that we don't need. That's not like some special memento. It's just still here, and we'll we'll keep stuff like important stuff that we think the kids would want when they're growing up, and hopefully we're right. <laughs> Are you? Uh, you think you'll still get have like a storage space in town or no? We have two cabinets that are important to us that are pretty sizable that would be a hassle to move back up north and best friend in the world Jeff who comes in he's in the chat room every once in a while um, as Commander Thayer I think he's a Star Wars geek um, he's going to give me a just a like a 5x5 five five section of his garage for these two cabinets and we'll stuff them full of crap I'm sure um, one is a china cabinet that Christie's dad made uh, he, well, he's actually made most all the wood furniture in our house, um, but we're going to keep that. And then I have this home 175 or so year old bureau that was my grandmother's, and I want to keep that, which right now houses my pipe tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> you going to bring a lot of that or no? Oh, I'll bring a good portion of it, but I'm going to have to get rid of a lot of it because I got... I got a lot of pipe tobacco. Literally, a lot. I got a lot. (laughs) (laughs) According to the database, I have just north of 100 pounds of pipe tobacco (laughs) cans and mason jars. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's more than, oh, my giddy aunt. Wow. That's 20 years of collecting, though. I hear you. Some of it I can actually get a pretty hefty premium out of. Well, in all seriousness, I have storage for that much pipe tobacco. <laughs> I would be more than I would I would not touch it. I would be more than happy to to be your climatized uh, away from everything storage facility if you uh, do not want to sell all of that. You're more than welcome to utilize my my uh, room down here. Cool. I I might do it. It really doesn't take that much room. Pipe tobacco stores 
pretty compactly. Comes in little pancake tins that are just like an inch thick and three and a half inches across. Yeah, yeah. Well, year-round, right around 63 degrees or so, and uh, I'll throw them in a, throw them in a cooler. In a cardboard box in the closet would be fine. They don't even have to be humidified. <clears throat> huh. in, in fact, ex, in the exterior, the drier, the better. Long really? As, as long as the tin is sealed, it makes no difference. As long as the, the seal is intact. That's true. I guess drier the better just reduces whatever. Uh, it uh, reduces the chance the tin's going to rust. Yeah. It still can rust internally, but if there's rust on the outside, it's probably come from the inside and the tin's been corrupted anyway. Ugh. Which is always ugly. You flip over a tin and see rust on the bottom, and you know it's probably shot. But it has. Cornell and Dill had a bad streak in 2001, and you know a couple of years later, all these massive batches of pipe tobacco started turning up, rusted through. It, it was an ugly time for them because they, they. I have to say though, they made good. Every single person I know who had rusted tins, they said no problem. You don't even have to send it back. What did you have? Here's a replacement. Wow. Yeah. And they changed. Some of their their uh, uh, protocols internally, and never had a problem since, to the best of my knowledge. Never a wide scale problem. They, they it happens time to time with anything, but never a, a significant problem. Hmm. I guess they probably wouldn't want all the trash back. I mean, then they got to pay to get rid of it. Right. Huh. Officer Paul said, if you're looking for dryer, the dryer, the better. I got your place. <laughs> he lives in the desert. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, we're like 30 minutes into the show and haven't even started any news or anything. How about we jump into it? I think that's a fantastic idea with uh, our first story here being a, a news story that uh, admittedly was news to me. Uh, I had not heard this, and so I'm a little excited to hear about Romacraft picking up another uh, distribution for another company, yeah. Mombacho Cigars. This this was fairly new news. Actually, Cigar Coop posted uh, a story about this last night, and it, it wasn't a huge surprise to me, but the, the story is Romacraft is going to begin distributing another company's cigars as well as their own, of course, uh, Mombacho which apparently is a trademark already owned in the U.S., so the cigars, when they arrive in the U.S., will be called Tierra Volcan. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a completely separate company, have their own factory, make their own cigars, and I believe I read they even have their own sales force, uh, but uh, they're going to be imported by Romacraft. It, it, it was news to me, but for weeks now I knew that Skip Martin and I can't remember the uh, the Mombacho guy's name, but they I knew they had a relationship. Skip had posted a number of com- positive comments about that company, Cigars. He was really enjoying them. But, uh, so, yeah, this, uh, I guess, is going to happen pretty soon, pretty quickly. They're going to be even sharing a booth at IPCPR here in a couple of weeks. Those are cool things. A good partnership. They don't 
you know, they're not especially relying on each other for production, but just a distribution kind of thing. And I guess public service announcement of the morning, uh, IPCPR starts in exactly two weeks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I will not be there this year. You hooligan. You're not either, pal. I know, I'm a heathen, though. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, and uh, we've also got the announcement of uh, another something new from Crown Heads, a collaboration again with My Father's Cigars. Yeah, this people are talking a lot about this uh, recent uh, working together with uh, Crown Heads and My Father rather than. What, I don't remember the factory name, something all the ends of that. E.P. Carrillo. Um, so I don't know. You know, He has assured everybody there's not a problem still working together. He's still making these, still making these upcoming cigars and all that. Uh, but, yep, another partnership with uh, with my father and, and Crown Heads. This line is going to be called Jericho Hill. And those of you who happen to be Johnny Cash fans may recognize that from... Uh, from a song on, let's see, on Johnny Cash's at Folsom Prison album. Um, I'm looking for the guy's name. The, the name of the song is Cocaine Blues, but I can't remember the character's name. Willie Lee, uh, which happens to be one of the Vitola names. Um, anyway, it all ties in very symbolically to that song and that, that theme. And this this news is posted up at the Cigarmy. Uh, the cigarmy.com you can find it there it's still on the front page I believe I don't believe it's been knocked off yet um, but, but there are several ties to this the, 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 symbolically between this line and Johnny Cash or this song in particular um, but I have a Mexican rapper which even is an allusion in the song the guy's captured in Juarez Mexico <laughs> when he's on the run um, uh, it's going to have Nicaraguan binder and filler uh, n- not a whole lot more detail than that. It's going to have intended to be powerful, intense, and exciting per the release. It's going to come in four Vitolas. I really thought that was five, but I just have four listed. The uh, 44S, 44 caliber, uh, the uh, LBV, the OBS, and the Willie Lee. And those those range in all different sizes from, let's see, five and an eighth by 44 and a six and a half by 46, which I, I love the sound of those two sizes. And then a little stubby four and three quarter by 52, and a six by 54. Kind of a, a plain looking band on them. It looks very much like a, a Cuban mark that somebody pointed out. And uh, some guy f- from France on Cigar Federation didn't like that. He was turned off because it, he thought felt like he was, they were copying a Cuban mark. And, I was like, I don't smoke the bands, dude. I don't know why it matters, but he didn't like it. I'm looking at this right now to see if I can try to spot which one it may be. doesn't quite look very uh, specific to me, but eh, whatever. Uh, He put a picture up, and it did look very much like it. I mean, in the sense that it had the, the, uh, what are those? branches on the sides of the shield and the shield itself and then the word placement it was, it was similar but how much can you do with a cigar band I mean that hadn't been done before somewhere by somebody yeah 
<clears throat> well, oh, and so while we're here on Crowned Heads, I uh, got the first review up this last week, and it happened to be a Crowned Head cigar, the Las Calaveras, um, uh, under the new system, and continued to work out just a little couple of minor details, but learned uh, that you you using this thing I've put together, there is no other option but to be brutally honest and mark deductions where they're at. If you, you if you um, don't do that, if you don't reliably, consistently, every time for every little detail nook and cranny, mark it down, then you're, you're going to end up overscoring a lot of cigars. And so this one actually got a 92, and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, you can go on there to the review itself and look at the, the grid and see where its strengths and weaknesses were. But it, it, it's actually a very good cigar. I was looking. And that's a, that's another one, the, the uh, other partnership with my father between them and Crown Heads. Very my fatherish kind of cigar. Good Nicaraguan spice. Not at all like. Uh, it's kind of been almost a progression with them. With the four kicks from Crowned Heads, it was very sweet to me. Uh, somewhat mild. I mean, it had some strength to it. And the woodpeckers are strong. Um, and then the the Headley Grange and the uh, oh, what's their other one? The uh, Dang it! What's the other four? The other crown heads line. I'm having all kinds of trouble now. You say Hadley Grange, Hadley Grange, Four Kicks. And I'll tell you in just a second because my memory's absolute garbage. And I'm old. The J.D. Howard Reserve. Um, those have been almost a progression to my tastes and strengths. We're to get a little bolder each time, and I think that's holding true for the Las Calaveras. It was a it was a little stronger than most of their other cigars, and which has the fingerprints of Don Pepin all over it. Uh, Pepin Garcia, my father, of course. Um, anyway, if you want to read that, it's on the Cigar Me. Check it out. Um, scored well. I and I I'll stand by that. I, I think it did. It was a great cigar. Looks like with ten votes from readers, it's holding at eighty nine. Uh, versus my 92, but uh, he had somebody drop a, a 60 in there. <laughs> I know that because I saw when they did it, it suddenly dropped several points. What do you do? Well, I, uh, I actually turned down the opportunity to purchase those the other day. Hmm. And uh, <clears throat> not for any specific reason. I don't have a thing against them or that cigar by any stretch of the imagination. But um, I told you I uh, I picked up a, a few new cigars. I'm I'm trying this new cigar thing, seeing if I can get into it a little. Um, and uh, just didn't want to spend more than sixty bucks or so, and picked up six, seven sticks. So those just uh, didn't make the chopping block. So. But next time, I'll get them next time, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm now regretting that I picked up one of the cigars that I picked up, or two of the cigars. I bought a couple of each of them uh, uh -oh. instead of that Las Calaveras, but we'll get to that later on. <laughs> Answering the chat room. <laughs> <clears throat> what else we got here? 
A uh, little story that I think you mentioned you knew nothing about, and I know very little about, but no kind of the story, just can, can guess here. J.C. Newman, who still, they have a typical what we call premium cigar factory in Nicaragua. And they also have a factory in Ybor City in uh, down in Tampa that makes machine-rolled cigars. And it is the very last sizable cigar factory. So I guess very last cigar factory. Uh, there are several mom-and-pop operations, but not an honest-to-goodness factory left in Ybor City. And they've started a, a website, SaveCigarCity.com. Uh, has all about the factory. There's some local news coverage. There's uh, uh, links to make your comments to the FDA and all that kind of thing. And and uh, really just mention it because it's there. It's, it's they have some some pictures and all. You may want to check out with the the clock tower and the factory itself, which was not not in the too far distant past been renovated. Um, anyway, it's kind of a neat little site. I know you had a a take on it that that you were hinting yeah, at before the show. Yeah, I I, I mean I uh, I've been there. I, there's a if you've ever gone to the the Fuente Ybor City Museum, it's in this factory. Um, you know, it's basically more than not much more than a couple glorified closets. But there's some really unique information on cigar history in Ybor. Um, and uh, so I've been there. I think that the structure is just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Um, I know what uh, J.C. Newman has been for Ebor and what Ebor once was for um, not just the Cubans coming into this country, but in the Ebor city had an incredible Italian and Jewish and, uh, and German population, I believe, as well. I mean, it really was a melting pot of culture. Which, in the early 20th century. Which is why Tampa's Cuban sandwiches have salami on them. The, that's the Italian influence on that sandwich. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was huh. a really strong Italian and Cuban communities that concurrently in that area, and that was brought in, and that's that's the ongoing Cuban sandwich feud between Tampa and Miami is whether or not there should be salami on the on the sandwich. <laughs> um, well, so all those beautiful things notwithstanding, um, I think I'm of the frame of mind that we need to let this cultural icon go for the betterment of of us as cigar smokers and people who live this lifestyle. The cultural icon of the factory or Ybor City? Of the factory, the Ebor City itself, I, I'm not saying we need to let that go, but this factory, this idea of Save Cigar City, uh, the J.C. Newman factory that would likely be lost, well, would almost undoubtedly be lost uh, if and when the FDA regs go through. My viewpoint on this is that we, we can't talk out of both sides of our mouth and... Um, be pushing for a definition to define premium cigars and that premium cigars need to be separated and um, and viewed differently as uh, as other potentially abused tobacco products, even machine-made short filler cigars. We can't then say, no, 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 wait, 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 but we want this 
this factory to be saved that only made only makes non-premium short fill potentially abused cigar products. Um, we have to kind of mix mix fill. Mix fill. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought they were short. Um, we can't necessarily have it both ways. We need to stand behind what we believe in for for premium cigars. Um, instead of dividing ourselves and saying, uh, well, we really just want it to be anything tobacco-related that we want. I, I just could see us as, as not necessarily having the, the meat to our argument if we potentially say uh, what needs to be said to save Cigar City, this J.C. Newman factory that's inevitably going to be lost. What if they change the binder to a leaf? I think that's the only real difference. The only non-100% tobacco leaf component of the of the cigars they make. Yeah, but I know people who smoke <clears throat> things like the Backwoods products, which are 100% tobacco product, but they're they're machine made. They come in bunches. They don't need to be humidified. They're essentially abused by the three people that I know who smoke them, um, and. And they're essentially cigarette replacements. So, I, to be to have an educated perspective—not an educated—that casts a negative light. To have an open-minded light as to what our opponents are viewing, um, I think we need to be aware that tobacco products such as this oftentimes aren't enjoyed in the same way that premium cigars, hand-rolled, long-fill premium cigars, are enjoyed in. So, so what if yeah what, what, what if is, they made it compliant that's totally fine but what's the key factor that makes it a premium cigar for you that's why we need to define what a premium cigar is i i don't have that definition i could offer it to you but it wouldn't be completely thought through um it wouldn't be final thought through how about that it wouldn't be a final draft i think all long filler, all handmade, with the exception of a Lieberman machine, Lieberman bunching machine, um, and uh, not something that's tied to price. Why is that an exception? I'm sorry, why is what is an exception? Lieberman. Uh, Why is it an exception to being all handmade? Yeah. Because I think that it's just something more for consistency, not something more for speed. You understand what I'm saying? It makes a handmade product better. It would be like saying, "No, you can't use a chevetta. You have to use you have to use this knife instead." You can get around it by doing something completely different. But I think you get a more complete, um, uh, uh, not a more complete, a more consistent result if you're using a Lieberman to bunch. Hmm. Okay. Um. So I I guess my perspective would be that. I love that factory. I love Ybor City, but I think that the the cigar industry and the smoking public, the cigar smoking public, has evolved over the last 150 years in this country, and it's going to continue to evolve. This is our new evolution, and to assume that that who we are, how we enjoy, or um, uh, what regulations are placed upon us will never change is a little ignorant, and so... It is with a heavy heart that I would let this go, but I think that we should let this go. It falls outside of what 
almost any of us would say um, is the definition of a premium cigar. And now, yes, if this factory changes and if it would become compliant and if it would be used again as as it could be used to um, become a place of premium cigar manufacturer, I would fight for it as I would for anything. But I think as of right now, it's outside the scope of what we're all viewing needs to be held sacred. How's that? Okay. I got some pondering still to do. <laughs> I guess I haven't thought thought follow this logically where it was going. I'll come back to it in a week or so, a year sometime. <laughs> a year may be too long. We have until August 8th. Manana. I'm learning that manana doesn't always mean tomorrow. That sounds like you've been talking to Cubans. Yeah, manana. Maybe tomorrow. May never be. <laughs> Maybe 10 years. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm out again. I don't know if it's the cigar or if I'm yapping too much, but I need to touch up. Well, how about we jump on to the next story? Let's do it. Well, I dropped a little snippet in here from the uh, weekly legislative update from IPCPR because there's New Jersey apparently is in session right now and not very many states are, and there, there's a lot going on in New Jersey. But there was one that caught my eye, and it's New Jersey Assembly Bill 228. It provides that a cigar lounge cannot serve alcohol. It cannot be within a bar or restaurant. And then it goes on with typical stuff. Must have a separate entrance to the outside. Must be equipped with an exhaust system that's appropriate to ensure worker safety. And provides that municipalities have discretion to allow new cigar lounges in their boundaries or not. And let's see, must be open and registered with the local board of health in the municipality in which the bar and lounge are located as long as the bar. See, it says bar and lounge, but at the same time says they cannot serve alcohol. I'm not sure how it's a bar or lounge without alcohol. Um, hmm. Must file an application with the local board of health stating it intends to generate 15% or more. I guess those are existing things. Um, anyway, the thing that caught my eye is it just says... It, it provides that a cigar lounge cannot serve alcohol, and it cannot be within a bar or restaurant. So you could not get around that by saying, this is our bar or restaurant. That's a separate entity in the corner over there that's, that sells cigars and and the two mix. I, it just caught my eye. I thought it was interesting anyway. Yeah, I'm wondering what the 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 reason for differentiation is. I don't know, except the two commonly go together, and I think they're preempting bars from allowing smoking is what the, the goal probably is. Where if you have a bar, you're going to allow people to smoke. If you say, I'm going to sell tobacco, and that makes it okay for people to smoke because we're now a cigar lounge. Hmm. To just skirt the smoking ban rather than actually preventing cigar lounges from opening up, which is probably going to be what actually happens if this goes into effect. Unless this is, this whole differentiation is saying that we just don't want to allow people to be able to drink when they're smoking. (laughs) What would be the point of that? I don't know, but looking at the end of this, this summary here, uh, what was the statement? 
Uh, something along the lines of if that the bar needs to generate 15% of its total annual gross income um, from on-site sale of tobacco products. So if it is a bar and it needs to generate a certain bit of its um, uh, of its gross income from tobacco, then it must be saying that no, we just are, aren't going to allow you to drink where you smoke based on what it says in the beginning which is that it, the cigar lounge cannot serve alcohol and it cannot be within a bar or restaurant. So the point you bring up that, you know, no, this that relegated corner of our of our uh, establishment is the cigar lounge and this is the bar, it just sounds as if, well, what they're really saying is is that we're no longer going to allow you to drink alcohol that we provide when you're smoking a cigar. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, very strange. Very strange. Interested to see how it plays out, though. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see how that plays out, too. I, I, it, there seems to be a lot of uh, open-endedness in this summary. Yeah. And and that is the entire summary. That's all that was, that was given in the email. Mm-hmm. I suppose it could be looked up, though. Uh, what else we got here? Some news from Ashton. They are uh, releasing this summer, late this summer after the show, the first full new line addition to their portfolio in almost 10 years. Um, what was the last one? ESG? I no, guess, uh, San Cristobal. Well, that's I don't know if they're counting that or not because, the I mean, that is owned by Ashton, but it doesn't have the Ashton name on the band. It doesn't. No, no. The that's. I believe I'm right. I may be completely wrong, but I believe that's how you can differentiate who makes it. The ones that have the word Ashton on the band are Fuente made. The others are my father. Huh. That's I don't know. I know it's that. neither here nor there. They're putting out a new cigar called the Ashton Symmetry. Um. It will be, or here it is, the first new cigar launched under the Ashton brand name in nearly a decade. Uh, it's going to be made in the Dominican Republic by the Fuentes. It was blended by Carlito. Uh, Habano wrappers from the cloud-covered fields of Ecuador. And um, Dominican tobaccos from Chateau de la Fuente and Villa Gonzalez, which is specifically where I'll be working once I'm down there. Um, Villa Gonzalez is a small little community northwest of Santiago. Grow a lot of tobacco. Davidoff has operations there. Um, some a lot of smaller makers, uh, as well as, and this is what I guess I'm not as much of a Fuente fanatic as I thought, but it says it will have some rare leaves from the Fuente family's Unbuen Vecino fam- farm located in Esteli, Nicaragua. I did not even know they still maintained a farm in Nicaragua. I didn't know that. I thought when they left Nicaragua, they left Nicaragua. Huh. Uh, I knew th- I knew they used a lot of Nicaraguan tobacco, but I assume they just brokered it through the Oliva family or something like the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, that so that was a surprise to me. Uh, medium to full-bodied. Uh, this is a quote from the the original release. Uh, the symmetry offers a wonderful creamy richness garnished with notes of spice, oak, and toasted nuts. going to be available in five sizes. I don't have the sizes at hand. I don't even think I got them in the, the write-up I did. But uh, 
anyway, that uh, that little snippet of the Fuente farm in Nicaragua was a surprise to me. I didn't know that. Didn't uh, somehow missed that for all these years. Yeah, I uh, I mean it's not necessarily surprising that the Fuentes wouldn't be a hundred percent upfront with their uh, tobacco history sourcing information, but um, well, I, I don't think it was necessarily kept secret. I, and I knew they had they were in Nicaragua before they were in the Dominican Republic. They got burned out, yeah. <laughs> literally. literally. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I just simply didn't know they still had land they farmed there. <laughs> Neither did I. But apparently, I mean, it's got a name. Farm has a name. It's got to be real, right? <laughs> well, that's got to be a rule somewhere. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it is now. We just need it. Well, if I can, uh, perhaps ask that we take a minor break here and then uh, come back together in just a few moments to finish up a couple of the news items and then get to our other segments here. That uh, that sound okay? Sounds copacetic for me. Fantastic. Well, folks, we shall be right back. Well, thank you for waiting, ladies and gentlemen. We uh, are back to our regularly scheduled programming. My fire needs have been satisfied and my family duties have been completed and uh, I am back. I can see why we don't record usually on Saturday morning when two children, a wife, and uh, friends are over and things are happening. It uh, gets a bit distracting, for which I apologize. But we come to you now with the remainder of uh, our news stories as well as an update on this cigar of the week. Yeah, it's been just a little while. I'm uh I did get some of that sweetness and actually just for a few minutes had some mm-hmm. really sweet berry almost kind of sweetness uh, that that was really enjoyable and that's gone down. Kind of got back to a little bit of that leather and and maybe even some some woodsy kind of notes to it, but but it has a a definite but light but, but not not bold, not enough to be off-putting, but a little bit of uh, almost a tannic, not quite bitter, but but kind of pushing that envelope a little bit, almost a little bitterness high on the tongue toward the back. I'm going to mute while the ice cream truck goes by. <laughs> so can talk just for a minute. Uh, there's always unless, something. Unless we just want to listen to Turkey in the Straw. No, I'm good. You're more than welcome to mute. Um, well, my uh, my take on it is actually a little different from Kip's. Um, now, granted, I have relit mine twice now, uh, so there certainly can be something from that. But um, I'm getting uh, huh, pardon me. That sweetness um, to morph a little. It was decidedly molasses and brown sugar um, right at the entrance to the second third. And then as I'm coming out of the second third and probably uh, just about to approach the final, let me see what I have. I have four inches left on this stick. Um, It's starting to get a little bit of that kind of typical Trinidad profile to me. Although it's it's strange, it almost is. Uh, it, it tastes a little burned, um, but not in a not in a really bad way. It's if you were to imagine cooking a simple syrup, which is just sugar and water, um, and boiling it until much of that water evaporates out, and you're left with just kind of a sweet, sticky, 
um, uh, clear syrupy consistency. If you keep going with that and that sugar starts to turn just the slightest bit, that's kind of a little bit about what the sweetness is that I'm getting now. Um, it's less that really cloyingly sweet and more of that kind of transition um, to almost that that golden brown and delicious flavor. It's not really a caramel, but uh, that's definitely there. Um, mm. I get what you're saying, Kip, about that leathery flavor. There definitely is something with that as well. I don't get a berry sensation, and that tangy tart flavor that I had early on has all but subsided to me. Um, probably the most noticeable item is strength. This, to me, is picking up in strength, uh, not just in, in nicotine strength. I feel like I'm getting a bit of an effect, but more than anything, it's picking up in like the the perceived flavor strength. Um, this is going from having, I'd say, the predominantly softer flavors to now some harder flavors. It tastes a little bit deeper, a little bit more masculine or harsher, um, not in a bad way or a, uh, I don't know, an unenjoyable way, but you were saying maybe there's a bit of... of that tannic bitterness. I almost wonder if, to me, that that tannic flavor is coming across as being a uh, a foundation to the other flavors, where it's kind of bolstering or um, giving the the other flavors a little bit more depth or a little bit more um, I, I don't know, a little bit uh, stronger of a sensation to those other flavors. A little hard to describe, but. Um, the cigar itself is coming along to me. Yeah, I think it's picked up a, a series of notches in terms of its strength as well. I'm feeling a little bit of that. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. A little I, when you smoke, when I smoke a strong cigar that has a sizable dose of nicotine in it, I get a little bit of a, a burn in the back of the throat, and and it's not unpleasant. It's just a way for me to gauge hey, I better have some candy on hand or whatever. Um, and I'm getting a little bit of that now, and I haven't gotten that at all until now. And I am actually down to about inch and three-quarters of cigar left here. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> hey, let me break in just for a second. The guys in the chat room are talking about uh, the Chattanooga Tweet Up, which is coming up the first week of August, I think, the 7th through the 9th, something like that. Um and Index and Chubno both will be there. I will be passing through Friday, uh, actually may arrive late, late Thursday night and be there Friday morning and early afternoon. Uh, Christy and I will be on our way back home, and we're going to stop by there and hang out for half a day and shoot some pool and smoke a few cigars. Um, I am not buying a ticket, which means I will not be at any of the official event uh, activities. I'm just going to be hanging out around the shop, pool hall, because uh, it's all one big complex there. It's an absolutely fantastic cigar location for this kind of event. They have you know meeting rooms and hangout rooms and lounges upstairs, but then a, a small shop that is cram packed full of cigars. It's at Burns Tobacconist in in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, which recently changed hands, I believe. The former manager and another partner actually bought the place uh, within the past few months. Um, but anyway, and, and they have a, 
a bar pool hall area that has, I'm going to guess, 25 or 30 pool tables, uh, food service, the whole spam. You can go there and not leave. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when you would be forced to leave. <laughs> it's kind of got everything you need right there in hand. They have food, drink, pool tables, and cigars. What more could you ask for? But uh, so I will be hanging around there for half a day or so, and I really hope to see those guys because that's kind of the whole reason I wanted to swing by and stop. But, uh, looks like that's finally going to happen after a couple of years of talking about it. Good. Glad to hear that. One of these years I'll make it to that. Yeah, it's it's a fun event. There's been some memories made for sure. <laughs> the Two years ago, uh, they had a scheduled baseball game for the, I think it's the Chattanooga Lookouts. It's the local uh, minor league team there. And we all show up, and we get up to the pavilion that, that has been rented out for this event. And there's another group sharing it because it's a, it's a large uh, pavilion thing there at the stadium. <laughs> and suddenly we realize we're not allowed to smoke because we're sharing the pavilion with the Asthmatic Children's Association <laughs> somewhere or something. <laughs> and so we're all like, what the heck? This is the whole reason we're here. So we had to just wait till we got back to the shop to have another cigar. But that's all right. <sighs> that was some poor planning. <laughs> uh Last year yeah. it was a a riverboat cruise up and down the river, which was it was a fun diversion for the evening. But honestly, my favorite part, but the last two years that I've been is just hanging out in the shop and chatting with people because it's it's that kind of event where the manufacturers that are there, and it looks like a completely different list this time. A lot of folks from the past are not there, and there's some new faces going to be there. So I don't know how that's going to work out, but. Uh, it, it, they're not pressed for time. They're not. They don't have to have their sales face on. They're just there to hang out for a couple of days and, and have fun. And and it's really, really a good time for that. Just for that. Just to actually get to know the people behind the brands rather than the, you know the face of the brand. It just it it, it is a fun fun event. Hmm. Well, I am looking up distance to Chattanooga right now to see if there'd be any way that I could take a couple days off work. I am closing a massive project here in the next uh, couple weeks and so I deserve time. On a Thursday, Friday and Saturday and it it goes from like 9am till 1am pretty much every one of those days. Well, Thursday the official events don't start until the evening. There's like a, a dinner kind of thing. Um, but uh, Friday and Saturday, it's 9 in the morning till 1 a.m. And you can just fry a pallet for three days if you want to. Oh, man, I can imagine. I just... Of, sorry, go ahead. I, I'm assuming it's the same with the new ownership, but traditionally Burns has carried... Uh, Many of the bigger makers you're familiar with, but a lot of boutique lines as well. There's there's a good variety of cigars there, and when you come into the shop, walk in the front door of the shop portion of the building, um, there's half a dozen or so barber chairs there to hang out and chat or whatever. And then the room, the the where the cash register and the people hang out and stuff, is 
the main section of that building, and then on either end, there's a well, walk-in humidor. So there's two humidors. So be sure you investigate both of those because the cigars in each are different than the other. So there's lots to go yeah. around. I uh, <clears throat> I just looked up a quick um, uh, Google Maps time frame for walking or for uh, driving. <laughs> <laughs> for walking four months. Um, and uh, the first thing that it comes up with is an hour and 30 minutes. And I'm like, what? That's ridiculous. And then I noticed Google Maps, the first thing they have is airline. <laughs> like, how, why do you need directions to where you're going if you're taking a flight? Uh, like, I don't know. <sighs> And so the blue line on the map is just a perfect arc from Chicago to Chattanooga. I'm like, That's what good. the heck? It's convenient interstate construction there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Got to love it. Well, it's less than 10-hour ride, so that could be doable. I mean, that's a that's a reasonable thing. You could leave on a Friday and then get home on a Sunday night. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to take Friday off, might as well leave Thursday night, drive all night, and be there Friday morning. I have this problem with falling asleep behind the wheel of a car. Oh, just sleep all day at work Thursday. You'll be fine. (laughs) That's appealing at times. (laughs) Uh, Well, we got two more stories here. How about we talk about them just a smidge? Yeah, it's so out of character for us to... uh, Get a rat to, uh, Yeah, not be able to uh, get to what we wanted to talk to. <laughs> well, the first one up is the uh, La Aurora Untamed, which is a little bit of a departure for their normal marketing, at least, and I guess maybe their intentions with this cigar. Uh, it, it's another IPCPR 2014 introduction. A new cigar coming out will be uh, launched at the show, available for order at the show. Um, they... Uh, Really playing off the lion thing here in the, the press release, but uh, they, they uh, say they're ready to release the beast. This is going to be a, a cigar that they're uh, promoting of it anyway. It says it's going to be a little stronger than maybe their normal offerings, and normally what you might see from La Aurora. So it's blended a little with a little more oomph to it, a little more pep. And um, going to have a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. Uh, Dominican binder and filler that says, con- excuse me, consists of three different Dominican tobaccos, and then there's also some Nicaraguan tobacco in the filler. They don't go into great detail. Uh, not much since that. Um, it says they actually have been working on this blend since 2000, which is 14 years on a blend. I don't know how dedicated they've been specifically to their exclusive <laughs> blend, but hey, it, it, more power to it. Um, and, and and those of you that are familiar with the line that La Aurora, of course, is the oldest Dominican cigar factory still in operation. It's been around since 1903 uh, in some form or fashion. Uh, and they've always had that lion, at least seems like, I don't know, from early on they've had a lion oh, in yeah. their logo. Uh, but the lion on this packaging is quite a bit different. It's a little... A little more fierce looking, uh, and and the box is kind of distressed wood looking box, and and uh, you know some scratch marks from a from a lion, I suppose. Um, and that's how they're really presenting this cigar as as more bold, untamed. I mean, of course, as the the the, the name implies, um, medium to full body. It's going to come in 
five vitolas ranging from seven to eleven dollars. Uh, the vitolas are robusto, corona gorda, bellicoso, toro, and then one that didn't carry a name. It's it's a seven inch by sixty ring cigar, so that'll be kind of a a beast, <laughs> but uh, not my thing. I'm I'm in for the corona gorda and robusto though. I'll, I'll give it a whirl and see what happens because it's interesting to me when. Some of the Dominican companies that maybe traditionally have made cigars on the milder end or the sweeter end of the spectrum that really kind of branch out and, and get outside their normal box and, and include some some more uh, potency to the line. I, I think that's cool. I wonder, uh, well, I mean, we shouldn't pigeonhole any brand. I mean, La Aurora certainly does have a very long-standing history of doing what they do and doing it well. But that doesn't mean that uh, um, uh, that doesn't mean that they couldn't be more than capable of achieving something like this. Oh, absolutely! Uh, they, they, they've done it before. They make the Viva Republica brands, which are uh, not your typical what you think of as a Dominican cigar. They're, they're outside that box as well. Well. I'll be excited to see this just because I uh, I respect La Aurora. I think that they've put a lot of great cigars on the market, and my goodness, they've got access to great tobacco, so and a lot of it. That they do. <clears throat> they, um, I guess, sold out from under their former parent company, which was we had some discussion about this recently. I'm not sure we ever clarified that with the Leon Jimenez. Yeah, anyway, yeah. same same parent company ultimately that, that is the Presidente beer and <laughs> accounts for some ridiculous percentage of the total domestic product of the Dominican Republic <laughs> all bundled up in that one company. But uh, they they have some ties and they have a lot of tobacco at their disposal. Well, they're like the largest bank, the largest liquor company, the largest brewery, the largest cigar manufacturer. I mean, it's 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 a stranglehold that they've got on the Dominican man. Yep, I, and I, that shouldn't sound negatively. I mean, they they contribute a lot to that country. Yeah, without question. Uh, what else we got here? This is coming out of Half Wheel. I don't have first-hand personal release from this, but Half Wheel is reporting that Dion Giolito has officially moved production of his original line called the Original Document and the uh, Illusione Maduro from Raices Cubana to TAPSA, T-A-B-S-A, which is another Spanish ac acronym, uh, and, which is the factory owned by Eduardo Fernandez, uh, the Yaganorsa, uh, what's the word, a guru, owner, um, <laughs> Casa Fernandez tie. That, that's uh, that's the, that's what I'm getting at there. Um, and of course, Dion has historically bought a lot of his tobacco from Aganorsa anyway, so it's not that big a change. Much of this has been slowly kind of trickling over. I guess he just made it official. Uh, but the Cruzado, the Epernay, and the Ultra will all stay at Rice's Rice's Cubana. Um, Indefinitely, there's no. I don't know of any plan for that to change, but at least some of it's, I guess, out in the open and official now. Why do you make this change? 
Well, there was some speculation in that article. I don't remember exactly about some uh, maybe a little bit of consistency issues or whatever. And and it just made sense if he's buying the tobacco from Aganorsa, just have them go ahead and make the cigars, really. No doubt about it. What 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 are you getting at? It sounds like you have maybe an idea. No, no, I don't. I uh, I I understand the thoughts of the consistency, um, but then why not pull everything? Yeah, you know, good question. It just seems, you know, we never know all the answers. Obviously, we know as much as we can find out from the limited sources that truly do. Um, unabashed um, journalism in the cigar industry, but from what we do know on this, it just doesn't. I I, I don't know. Change for change sake doesn't seem like Dion style. It's true. Uh, I was looking here to see what it was, but yeah, it's either here nor there, I suppose. Hmm. Oh well. Shall we uh, close out this Cigar of the Week discussion? I imagine you're pretty uh, close to being finished. Yeah, I'm down to inch and a quarter. So, and it's, it's uh, <clears throat> telling me it's finished, but not in flavors. Not there's no the bitterness has an increase in it. And and again, it never got off putting, but uh, just a little bit of a tannic feeling to it. It's actually given a little bit of resistance to staying lit now. Uh, and so it, it, it's kind of saying to me, hey, we're done here. Um, need the last couple of puffs off of it. Really, mm. really got away from any kind of sweetness that was there intermittently throughout the cigar at this point. That That's all gone really into that woodsy kind of flavor now to me. Which is just so interesting. It just doesn't sound at all like the one I'm smoking right now. I, uh, I think I've sent you these before as, as just a... Hey, give them a try or a gift or whatever. If you've got uh, others, I'd be interested to see your opinion on consistency with what you're I getting have out of this one. The other. You included two for this show, and and this was the first one, so I have one more. And I don't believe I've had this one before from you. If, hmm. if I do, I'll, I'll check. I mean, I don't know. Well, one of the things that I wanted to do, and I've still got three and a half inches left, is I wanted to try this without the wrapper. For a little ways, see what that did to the flavors of this, and uh, now is as good a time as any to do so. So I'm going to give this a little, a little spin and slice here on my uh, handy dandy sack cutter, which always does a good job of this. Sack cutter. Swiss Army knife cutter. That sounded terrible. <laughs> it does sound terrible, but oh, it, Lord, it looks terrible too. It's, uh, it does a fantastic job of cutting, and uh, it's nice to go in your pocket. It's not too large. So let's peel this off here, see if I've gotten through the veins. I did not get through all of them. I hate it when that happens. There we go. Um, I'm I'm definitely getting more into the earthy flavor at the end. I'm, uh, I'm really surprised that that wasn't something that you were also uh, experiencing it I wouldn't say that boy I did a crap job of cutting this holy cow um, 
I wouldn't say that it absolutely uh, defines where the cigar is right now, but it is without question um, noticeable to me. So I, I, I think that that adds another layer, another depth, and essentially more along the lines of what I was hoping these cigars would be, that I, I really wanted them to have that that uh, marriage, that yin and yang, such sweet and such dark flavors coming together. So it'll be... Uh, It'll be interested to see how taking the wrapper off affects that. See if this becomes a little more Trinidadian, and uh, or if it's just the blend itself is different. Hmm. Anything right off the bat? Hmm. You know, I'll tell you, it has more of that uh, tangy tart flavor that was missing earlier on. I'm surprised by that. I just thought that that was an evolution of the blend, but that's something apparently that the wrapper really was taming. Uh, without question, that's uh, uh, much more pronounced now than without, or than with, excuse me. Hmm. That's unexpected and unique. <laughs> it lost a lot of the other complexity, too. That's just poking through. So that wrapper makes a big difference, huh? I'm shocked by that, yeah. I mean, that's one puff, but still. Yeah. Well, what else you been smoking this week? Well, I've had uh, a nice reemergence into the world of smoking cigars after almost two weeks of not. I got back in, and I've had three or so in the past few days, um, the first of which I am sadly lamenting. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I don't know if it's because you uh, tainted uh, tainted my impression, or if it's just because I I um, wasn't really knowing what I would expect, and what I did get was nowhere near what I was hoping for. Um, but this cigar happens to be the La Antigüedad, the newest release from my father's cigars. Um, this is one sample, and it was smoked uh, directly at the cigar store when I got it. Um, so it didn't uh, settle down in my humidor. Admittedly, these are fresh. They're very, very humid. Um, but this cigar, to me, tasted like a My Father stick. It definitely had the, the, the common themes that you would expect. But it had this... Ah, consistent nuttiness. The whole cigar, uh, it had this flavor that was just always there. And it, it just maybe reminded me of a little bit of a, I don't know, an over-roasted nut. Hmm. I, yeah. I, I roast a lot of nuts. Um, we eat them all the time on salads and things. Um, and sometimes when an almond goes too far, it gets this kind of bitter, acrid flavor. Um, it still tastes like an almond. It's just a bitter, nutty flavor. And that's kind of what was here. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't uh, really uh, dig that. Really picked up on the finish to me. I mean, Oh, the, really? The, you got that, that? That bitterness, yeah. I, I don't know why that... How is that appealing? Um, I mean, how do you settle on a blend with that as a core flavor? I couldn't answer that question. 
I I don't know. I uh, I mean, you know, my experience with it. It's, it's you actually keyed in on it with, with one phrase, and when you said it wasn't what you were expecting, and it, it was not at all what I was expecting either. And <clears throat> maybe I made too big a deal or had too high hopes or high expectations for it, but yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't the great and wonderful thing I was hoping for by any means. Well, this is another sample. I am <laughs> going to have it uh, possibly today, possibly tomorrow. Um, I purposely bought the smallest ring gauge I could find, and I'm going to guess this is still a 48, maybe a 50. I don't know. It's still in the cello, but... Yeah, it fits into the 50 with the cello on, so I'm going to guess it's a 48. Um, I don't know. I just... It, it wasn't bad. I didn't I didn't put it out and say, oh, I can't smoke this, but it I didn't mon- want to keep smoking it. It was monochromatic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I it, it just does not seem like... It does not seem like the quality I would expect from my father's cigars. It's just... I don't know. Can can I say that the one sample I had was amateurish? Is that really, really disrespectful? You can say whatever you like, your show. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have more of these. That was my first impression. Um, you know, it, admittedly, I did things that are never spectacular for uh, uh, a true and honest review. I had cigars shortly after arrival, and I had them without regulating their humidity levels. I think that most shops are often a little too high and cigars come ridiculously spongy. This one isn't ridiculously spongy, but it is definitely able to be compressed without much resistance. Yeah, kind um, of jumping off on that tangent. Well, first, this is too funny not to say. Index in the chat room said he looked up consistent nuttiness in Wiki and they had a picture of you. <laughs> <laughs> I probably deserve that. But jumping off on the rabbit hole of sponginess, uh, I, I texted you this week about it that I had made a trip to Tampa for a visit to a cigar shop to get a specific cigar that they had posted on their uh, Facebook page. I, I went there for one purpose yesterday, and uh, I was horrified by what I saw. I had not been to this shop in six months or so. I don't even know if I'd been there this year. And I walked in and they always had a little bit of high humidity, but somewhere along the line, something's gone horribly wrong. And this this is a sizable shop. Got, I don't know, 1,500 open boxes any given time, I guess. And I'm going to say a fourth to a third of all their inventory had spots of mold growing on it. They They just have wildly out of control humidity uh, and for apparently some period of time and it, it was a big disappointment and, and I, I didn't get it. I didn't really have a chance to talk with the owner and, and see what was going on but good gracious it, it, it was it was terrible because this particular shop happens to carry uh, a lot of the smaller makers and boutique lines that I enjoy and they're really my only connection locally to get them. Mm. That's such a shame. I uh, I just I don't get it when shops go to go to that uh, that place. It just doesn't make sense. I why? Yeah. Why? Exactly. You're there um, every day. You have to open up the store. Why don't you just make that one of the things you check? 
Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, even if he his gauges, I, I don't even know if he has gauges, but if he has them, if they're not calibrated, this is visible. You All you have to do is walk through the humidor and look. There, there are spots of mold, box after box after box after box, in all parts of the humidor. It's not like... You know, the box that's sitting under the humidifier or something. It, it was from one end to the other, just all over. It, 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 it was awful. There was none that were, you know, just so horrifically disfigured and covered with big hairy mold. But it was just one after another. I would pick up a cigar, and there would be little spots of mold on it. And it's, it, it was it was a tragedy. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know. It's just uh, keep it in place. Obviously, it's not that big of a deal. You know, one cigar store isn't keeping their cigars spectacularly well. Gasp! But it, you know, it just bums you out, especially when it's a store that you or a shop that you really, really have spent time in or appreciate or like. I, I don't know. Yep, exactly. Uh, no. Nonetheless, I back to a normal track. I did have a couple of good cigars this week, and one was a Tatuaje Black Petite Lancero. And mm. I, my total summary wraps up. I just put, "Holy friggin' crap! What a cigar! It, it was such a good cigar." I've had the Corona Gorda, love them, think they're fantastic. But I had not had the Petite Lancero until this week. It, it was an incredible experience. It, it was, it was man, it was a good cigar. I, I, I want more. I have two left in there, and I gotta, I gotta find some more. It was, it was fan freaking fantastic. Man, I, uh, what's, what's the story on those? Were they also released in the Corona Gorda this past year? Yeah, I think in the jars, the Corona Gorda came out this year. So the Corona Gorda was the jar, the Petite Lancero was that vertical box. Yep. Right? Okay. Yep. And was the, oh no, the, the Soho or Sogo or whatever it was, that was the, the mini Triumphador. That wasn't a tap black. Right. All right. All right, I'm getting my, getting my uh, limited or uh, short run Tatuaje releases back into my uh, frame of mind. There's just so damn many of them. There are a lot of them. The only other one I had to mention this week was I had a couple of the Casa Fernandez Miami uh, Petite Robustos, which are, just hmm. like they sound, Petite Robustos, those little bitty guys. And they're great cigars. I, I, I love them, but they, again, they're uh, Casa Fernandez. I'm a big fan of them, big fan of the Aganorsa tobacco. Um, sometimes the the strength of those can get a little bit out of hand for me personally. They're a little bit more, and so that's why I tend to gravitate toward something like these Petit Robustos. They're not, I'm a nicotine wimp, admittedly, and uh, they can wear me out if they're too much bigger than that sometimes. Uh, but these these are fantastic. These are some more uh, like those uh, 90 miles we smoked that I know exactly when I got them. They're 2011 uh, cigars, and they're so good. The, the the only complaint I have is I posted posted it twice on Instagram, and and uh, the folks at Casa Fernandez replied to that, and they keep 
putting a hashtag and half wheel tagging my pictures. <laughs> what the heck? Cut it out. <laughs> but, yeah, whatever. Yeah. The cigars are great. <sighs> I guess it's not the end of the world to be referenced as one of the uh, most influential cigar blogs in the world. No, it wasn't that at all. I just didn't know why they were tagging a different site in my... Or they weren't tagging him. They were making a hashtag. A hashtag, yeah. yeah. No, I got you. I know what you're saying. Oh, What about you? I see you added a couple of uh, others on there. I did, yeah. I um, On uh, a ride on Thursday? No, Wednesday. I'd get all screwy with uh, uh, the Friday off here. I had... Um, couple hours to enjoy a long cigar, and so I decided to light up um, one that's been in my humidor for eight or nine years now. What year is it? 2014. So eight years. Um, Hoya de Monterey Double Corona. This is a 758 by 49 behemoth. Um, big boy. I'm sure I've sent you some of these, Kip. Had this box for years. These yeah. are... Uh, Enjoyable sticks. Well, I am proud to announce that they are coming back around for their second run of really enjoyable flavors. So if you've got any of those, I think that you could light one up and take a, a long walk with a mild double Corona that's full flavored and enjoyable, and you'd uh, you'd you'd very much enjoy the uh, the opportunity. Cool. I don't. Very very you. good. Excellent. Um. And then my final here, if I can just jump right in, this is a mini preview of something I know we'll talk about uh, more in the future. I think we might feature this on the show. Uh, But this is a cigar that we've talked about, and it happens to be the Caucus in the Bellicoso Vitola. Yeah. uh, We we talked about this a couple months ago now, I guess, because... Oh, uh, the Cigar Lector website, um, Anthony... Kind of... Kind of... Cabello. Yeah, Cabello. Um, had sent some in, and I had the Robusto, and it was it was a fantastic smoke. I'm anxious to see what this other size, what did it do for you? Um, right off the bat, I'm blown away by how much stronger this is than I expected. Um, it was a, It was a cigar that, to me... I look back through some old bands and through uh, an assortment box that I have, and I had some of these from a while ago, and I, that I don't know when I would have gotten them. I mean, has to be at least a year plus. I doubt it was even when we were doing the show. Um, and I, I know that I smoked them, and I thought that they were enjoyable. But this Bellicoso was, um, it was, it was nice. It was rich. It was sweet. It was balanced. Um, that sweetness was balanced. I just was surprised that it was as strong as it was. Maybe it's just a, a an idea, a preconceived notion, but um, I thought it was going to be a much milder, much more balanced and flavorful cigar than probably, excuse me, um, I would probably say full flavored and definitely medium to full in strength. Um, really enjoyable stick, though. It's uh, it, it, it's um, one that left me with the idea of, wow, I'm looking forward to trying these other Vitolas. Yeah, and, and it's a Rocky Patel product. 
Wow. Yeah, made for Georgetown tobacconists, is that right? That does sound right, yeah. Yep. Well, it was a very, very good cigar. A nice nuttiness in the retrohale. Um, uh, some sweet, some dark sweetness um, on the initial flavors when you just first take it into your palate. And then there's almost a, a real deep stewed, like, if you were to take Bing cherries, crush them down, mix them with a little bit of schnapps or water, and then just boil that to make like a syrup. Um, <clears throat> oh, I just imagine it would it would have that exact flavor. Yep, I'm right there with you with the cherry analogy. That That's very much what I got in that uh, Robusto that I had. Good stick. I um, I like it when, when you can take a, uh, a puff into your mouth and you get high notes, low notes, strength, um, complexity, uh, some a little bit of tingle of, of sharpness. Um, I... I like it when a cigar just dances around your palate, and that caucus did it. I agree. I'm right there with you 100%. Hmm. So, good stick. Very enjoyable. Yeah. Well, dang, we're getting close to the end of this, Joker. Well, we happen to be. We're over an hour and a half now, and uh, even with my little um, detour. Hour and 45, yeah. Like I think it's uh, coming to the time, maybe when we close up on this Cigar of the Week, share our final thoughts, and uh, uh, I don't think we have anything, do we, in the uh, other world of cigar comments? No, there was something there I marked out, and that's not really even worth chatting about. I think we're about to... Close out. Do you have any more final thoughts on today's cigar? I, I put mine down at my last uh, summary. No, I I, I think that I uh, can decisively say multiple relights on that Trinidad um, didn't leave it in a state where it could perform at its best. That's always tricky, and, and most people know that if you're going to set a cigar down or if a cigar goes out, you're... You know, you're playing with fire when it comes to relighting it. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, you never know what you're going to get. And I think a couple relights for me just did it in. Uh, set it down at about three inches. My fault, not the cigars. Um, I found the uh, the flavors to be enjoyable, to be totally different than that initial um, hope I had for the cigar, but then starting to make some reemergences here as they continue to blossom over time. Um, an enjoyable stick, much more enjoyable now than uh, over the past five years or so. It had a little bit of a time when it was too tart, too uh, kind of um, tangy for me, but it's coming around and really showing complexity as it ages. Yeah. Well, uh, Andex in the chat room said, don't forget the giveaway. Well, the giveaway is not happening this time around because I got exactly zero entries for in the forum where we were supposed to put them, I got one email from <laughs> the person who originated the challenge, and so we're going to reboot and figure something else out on that one. Yeah, I uh, I think we should re-extend this. I know that we're uh, recording that at an off time. Last week we recorded at an off time. And next week uh, we're going to record at an off time. Yeah, so maybe we're going to have a little bit of... Uh, uh, an extension to this, I think that that would 
sound appropriate. It's such a fun topic. I really hope that we can get some good listener involvement and have the opportunity to give some stuff away. Yep, we'll we'll figure something else out. I may actually uh, put something up on the Cigarmi with a poll and let people vote and comment on it, be as a mode of entry or something. That's a good idea. And as a as a reminder, this little uh, contest or test, perhaps we uh, we challenge our listeners to think of their list of five cigars that they can obtain that anyone should be able to obtain for. Twenty-five uh, You know what? Let's say for $30 total, shipping included, everything to your door, anywhere okay, 30, the 30, says. 30 including shipping or tax if you're buying them local. Um, well, yeah, how does that work? I mean, if, if you were to do mail order from one state to another, technically they have to include tax legally, right? I don't know. This got really complicated last week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just say thirty dollars, uh, and five dollars of that is shipping. Let's not factor tax into this. But anyone in the United States has to be able to uh, purchase these cigars. So, and the goal here being that Kip was offering a bit of a giveaway. My end of that giveaway would be that whoever puts together the list that. Uh, we either agree on as being the best cigars or the most unique or whatever it is. Whatever on the show that we uh, run through your submissions and think to be the most notable, I will send the winner um, either Kip's list of five or my list of five cigars um, as a uh, as a little gift. I will send them uh, uh, that care package of the five best cigars you can get for five bucks and under. Cool. I like it. So, come on, folks. Get up onto the Half-Ashed uh, forum. Check it out there. Kip's got a post up there for the last couple of days. Email stuff in, whatever it is. That'll do it. So. And we were real heavy on emails last week. Had uh, half dozen of them or so, whatever the heck it was. We don't have any to share today. Yeah, we got some emails this week, but I don't think any of them were uh, open-ended questions for the show, so we're going to skip those and start closing out. And next week, as we mentioned, we'll be recording off schedule again. It will be, I believe, Saturday the 12th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I have a commitment Friday night, but uh, we will be smoking the Tatuahe Tattoo, which is the recently released uh, tattoo, not the... uh, line several years ago that came out uh, as a limited release, but it uh, came out in May. Uh, we're going to be smoking the 5x50 Robusto, which is, the at the time being, at present, is the only size available, but after IPCPR, there will be three more sizes, 6x50, 6 x 52 and 5 x um, I'll save the rest of the information for next week, but uh, we're going to see how that goes. And as always, if you have other comments, concerns, compliments, or complaints, you can email them to Craig at thecigarmy.com or Kip at thecigarmy.com. If you have uh, unbanded suggestions where you want to make a suggestion of a cigar we should smoke, then uh, send those to info at thecigarmy.com. And uh, that will be sent, that goes through directly to my wife, who will source them and remove the bands for us. 
And if you have a submission you would like to send in some unbandits, you can send it to Craig or me at those uh, first or earlier at email addresses, and um, we'll hook you up with an address to send them to. And you can always find us at halfash.com most Friday nights. Of course, last week, this week, and next week, we're recording a little bit off schedule, but uh, we always publish that through Twitter and Facebook. You can find the Halfash page on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, I am at the underscore Cigarmy, and Craig is at Craig S. Schneider, S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R. And... Uh, of course, we always got the websites, halfash.com. Every week, show summaries posted. Uh, there's a forum there. You can hang out and chat. Not there. Well, actually, the chat function, I believe, now operates full-time if anybody wants to do that. But uh, it's available to you. And, of course, thecigarme.com, where I post my uh, musings, ramblings, cigar news, legislative updates, whatever comes to mind uh, throughout the week. And, if possible, I uh, I've been... Feeling in the mood recently to uh, to post up some reviews, so maybe just maybe the cigar me might have a guest reviewer or two here coming up in the next few weeks if uh, yes. the admin might allow it. You already have a, a uh, an author an approved author username there. It's waiting yeah. for you. Very cool. Well, I um. I've just been feeling like the words are flowing out of me, so you never know. You might see something on Cigar Me, on the Cigar Me, uh, from me too here coming up. So cool, excellent. And I might be able to uh, try my hand at that fancy dancy new uh, review scale, which I'm very yeah. excited about. I uh, and actually that that is totally finalized now. But if you go to uh, thecigarme.com, and I'm gonna just walk through the steps right now to tell you how to get there. Um, when it, Once the page opens up there, and the menu across the top under About the Cigar Me, if you hover over that, it drops down into a much bigger menu. And if you choose under the heading Reviews and News, if you choose Review Guidelines, it takes you to the plan, the guidelines, the architecture of the reviews, as I have recently settled on and am now publishing under. And if you scroll down there, there's a set of tabs. And if you click the tab that says Download Test Grid, there are two files there that you can download. They are in Microsoft Excel format. If you want something different, give me an email. I'll uh, see what I can do uh, if that's not usable for you. Uh, the first one is, is Blank Review Grid Simple. And all that is is just a little set of squares with some math in it and you plug your numbers in and it spits out a, a fine number and shows you how it's getting there and the other one is labeled complex and if you download that it has two worksheets in the file you put your numbers in one you go to the other one it has it kind of not 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 really pretty you're not going to go publish a, a book of reviews on it but you can use that to print out and keep your own little file because I think that really is the uh, the value that can be gotten from this is to have an established history of what you thought of cigars. You can even build a review now and come back in a year and do the same cigar and see if it shakes out the same, see if your taste has changed or cigars change or whatever. I think it's all about the history. But those well, are there. They're free. Use them. Have fun. The uh, the complex review grid. Kip, I hadn't talked to you about this because I hadn't downloaded it until just now, but in looking at it, the complex grid, how you have this broken out um, with specific, 
examples of what should be a uh, a specific point deduction is just truly breathtakingly beautiful. I love what you've done with this, and I'm gonna I will use this for how I do my review. Yep, and and in that first in the the, the two worksheets, one of them's labeled inputs. And everything that you can put a number or a description into is yellow, and that will all feed into the other worksheet. But the uh, deductions there, it will do the math. You can put different numbers in each one of those cells, and the reasons are why. If you want to remember, hey, I, I gave this a five-point deduction because it had whatever issue or whatever, it'll spit all that out on the other page. Uh, the other page is not editable unless you know the password I put on it. It's just just for printing. Uh, it just takes all of the information you put in and turns it into some actual finished number. Well, the amount of work that you must have put in to make this as uh, clearly defined as it is is very obvious, and I uh, appreciate that. I really am looking forward to using it. It's, for some odd reason, enjoyable to me. I hope somebody gets some fun out of it. I, I actually groove on this kind of thing. I've had a blast doing it. It's it's, it's now it comes the hard part, and that's sticking to it. Because I, mean, <laughs> I, I can't emphasize that enough. If a cigar has a blemish that qualifies as a five point deduction, or a two and a half, or a ten, or whatever, you got to put it on there. If you don't, you're going to have a bunch of ninety eight, ninety nine scores. Because that is going to help anybody. It's misleading in that you think, golly, I can't knock five points off just for that. Well, you got you you have to follow the guidelines I've put on there. Uh, uh, you know, a five point deduction in the long run means means very little because that's all balanced out. So literally, a, a five point deduction for construction, which is one of the more heavily weighted items because there's only two times it's scored. Uh, is only a you know it takes it from a hundred to a ninety nine standing alone. So you follow the instructions if you're going to use this grid, or you're you're going to have some really high scores that seem out of whack. Yeah, that's why we love you. You're anally obsessive about the details that matter. <laughs> Jeez, uh, we've gone horribly astray. Now I'm anally obsessive. I don't I don't even like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is my pleasure this week to, uh, well, it's my pleasure every week, but this week especially to close us out with a bit of a dedication. I, um, uh, not a bit of a dedication, one heck of a dedication. Um, those of you who follow me on Facebook may have already seen uh, a bit of this, but I've been reading some literature on uh, American history from. Uh, the late 18th to the mid to late 19th century, so around the time of the Declaration uh, to around the time of the Civil War. Um, and it just kind of dawned on me through reading uh, some of these items that in 1776, July 4th, when uh, the first signatures took place on the Declaration of Independence, um, that article was not the start of what we refer to as the Revolutionary War. That 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 document was a formal secession from the British Empire. Uh, 
Um, and it just was mind-blowing to me that we look back on the two secessions in American history, the two major secessions in Amer American history, and I'm not going to count the secession of the Conch Republic. Um, <laughs> 1982. <laughs> uh, the two major secessions in American history are viewed so polar opposite of each other. Um, and it's, it, it's a, a stark reminder to the genius that was... That still continues to be the founders of this nation. Um, the words they used, the words they chose, represent quite possibly the pinnacle in America. Excuse me, in in human human intelligence. In 250 years, nearly, we can't come up with a better system and a better, more honest, more more genuine system of governing ourselves that says something every technological advance every every moral uh, obligation that we've realized hasn't weighed more hasn't cast some obsolescence on the declaration and the subsequent constitution 12 years later it's it's um, it's pretty staggering so this dedication although without question, very common this weekend, um, is not without merit. And that goes to the people who allowed us the precedent to have the freedom that we have today. So just don't forget that. We seceded from a nation and made the world a better place. And uh, that's pretty damn cool, to put it in words of a 30-something <laughs> a from the 21st century. How's that? So, <laughs> folks, I uh, I know that I speak for both Kip and myself when I say how much fun we have doing this show, and we hope you have fun enjoying it. We hope the thousands of people who have listened to us uh, in the year and a half or so that since we've been since we've gotten going, we hope that they uh, appreciate what we do because we certainly wouldn't be here having a recording with the audience that we have uh, without you guys. So, thank you very much and. To everybody who's listening to this, just want to say good morning, everybody, and thanks for listening.